Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is Tony, and you're listening to All Elite Retrospective 6. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, AEW's d- doing a little better than the Reigns War. Uh, it's interesting that this is Episode 6, because if it was Episode 7, that'd be so great. It'd be, we'd be 7-0 and 0 against NXT right now. But, uh, <laughs> we as a team, it's a collective team. I'm part of the AEW team, so. Nice. And we do a pod, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. I mean, it's been a little while since we did a pod, but really we only missed... Uh, we're only um, covering here two episodes of Dynamite and um, Full Gear and uh, really interesting news week in wrestling as well. But uh, I don't know. Let's start from the top um, or let's start talking about the more important thing, really, and the thing people will be talking about from years from now. Uh, full Gear. Full Gear. Uh this pay-per-view, I thought the timing, the pacing of everything, where things were positioned, was, like, flawless. I mean, things were just, like, working like a well-oiled machine um, as far as placement and duration of the matches and just where everything was at. Um, only seven matches on the card for about a three-and-a-half-hour show, and I thought, like, giving that extra time and not trying to shove a bunch of other wrestlers on the show really helped them out. Um what do you think, Tony? Yeah, going off what you just said, that was, I felt the weakness of the other shows is they felt the need to put everybody on the show. And more often than not, you got lackluster matches. Overall, the night would have, would be great, but there'd be a couple of, not stinkers, but just average matches. You'll be sandwiched like, I'm, and I'm talking about older shows. You'd be sandwiched with like a, a great Young's Bucks match and then, you know, uh, what's his name? Havoc would go out there and he'd be like, okay, I can, I can take a bathroom break. I can go to the liquor store and go grab some snacks. And it's like, yeah. it's like, you don't need to get everybody on the show. This isn't, you're running a business here, not a charity. And if someone isn't perceived to be over enough to be on the show, you shouldn't feel the need to run your, your company like that. Mm-hmm. And like you were mentioning earlier too, the show did run like a old machine. I felt for the most part, the show was, leaner and meaner i'd prefer this kind of AEW where it's just all killer no filler my only real nitpicks of the show if you would would be the sean spears match i felt like (sighs) i felt like the sean spears cody match wasn't that great and since then sean spears has been kind of just meandering in AEW. Mm-hmm. And the fact they felt the need to stick them on this show, and then the week after, I'm just like, oh, they're trying, but I, I'm just not feeling it. I feel, I feel part of his problem is they made him a heel, and so much of his appeal in WWE and and NXT before was being a babyface. So true. I, I wonder if how long they're gonna keep going with this character the way it is, because he's I under mean, he's under contract. Care. He's Cody's friend. I imagine they won't be letting him go anytime soon. So I imagine eventually they're going to have to cut line and just make him a baby face. And you might as well. That's when he was the most over. Well, true. I mean, and you can always do that, right? But, uh, I mean, they're going to go with the librarians that are going to go with his character for a while. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not even – even the Dark Orders, they're still around. They got a win last, uh, you know, last night on Dynamite. So, um, like, I think there is some, like, knowledge or at least appreciation that, like, hey – they kind of know that certain acts are not as over as maybe 
they would want them to be, but they're not going anywhere as mm-hmm. well. They're not. They're just not going to push them down your throat. WWE's way of doing things like, oh, they're going to shove that fucking uh, librarian gimmick down your throat, you know. So, uh, <laughs> you know, give uh, Peter Avalon the strap, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, Barrett Corbin. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Sean Spears, you know, I don't know. I'm an old like mid '90s wrestling guy like that's when i started liking wrestling a lot especially the wws style so i felt the sean spears uh joey janelle match was very serviceable and that hey you know joey janelle has got like a good amount of uh fans on his side and uh sean spears is trying to work on that heel gimmick and be like kind of like an upper mid-card guy joey janelle is gonna job he did and you know the match is all right it was like you know it wasn't anything uh not every match has to be a main event, I guess. Well, that, that's the problem, too. The card was so great. There was, you know, every match was at, at least, you know, four stars or higher. And then you have mm-hmm. Joey Janela versus Sean Spears, which kind of brings the crowd down. It wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination, but when you had so many great matches to just have that match sandwiched in the middle of the card, it just, it was like kind of there. I, I, I could see that, yeah. But other than that, I, I'm, I like this new approach to AEW pay-per-views. They try to keep it around three hours. They don't feel the need to put everybody on the card. Because they have a weekly two-hour show now. So if they feel the need to get somebody over, I guarantee you they're going to have time in that two-hour weekly show to put them on, on air and see if they get over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, too, is since they aren't having to shove people on pay-per-views because they can shove them on dynamite if they want to you know and they'll get exposure that way and get to you know work out their matches and gimmicks in front of a live uh crowd you know millions of people or about a million people every week so um you know more exposure than pay-per-view and you know we don't have to suffer through i guess uh certain uh talents that we would like like a jimmy havoc for instance you know um who did not have a good night that night in uh, baltimore you know (laughs) (laughs) by excalibur uh which is pretty funny. I don't know. I think it's funny. So it's funny, right? <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, this pay-per-view. Okay, so you open with the box and Proud and Powerful. That's the team name I was looking for last spot uh, for Satana and Ortiz. That's their new team name. And uh, that match was, you know, fantastic good wrestling good ring you know action uh power and powerful get the win which makes sense really good match and also like nothing hardcore at all which was followed up i think this week by like you know a, a huge like brawl between the bucks and proud and powerful and like hey they're continuing to this feud and um yeah you know it's it, i think they absolutely did the right thing with that match on the pay-per-view and i, I like where their feud is going and that they're continuing it on and um, getting, really getting both teams over more so than, um, you know, they're already both getting over. That's a great concept, right? So, um, you know, you know, you know my problem but, with that though. Oh, well, okay. It's just, again, the Bucks are losing. They're supposed to be your premier team and they're out there <laughs> going out and doing jobs. And I'm just at like, this point, I can't agree. I can't agree. I, I, at this point, I can't agree. You got to, you know, this is a you know a feud. If the Bucks win, you know, there's nothing for them to feud about, really. It's all you know, good guys win, go home. You know, uh, I I mean, I get you know they are the premier team, you know, and it, and all that, but uh, yeah, but it's hard to be the premier getting, team when all you do is lose. 
They lost to Private Party in the tag team tournament. They lost to, what was it, Power and Pride on the pay-per-view. And it's just like... man. And the thing is, it's it reminds me of a lot of the jobs that John Cena did towards the end where... Yeah, the mm-hmm. guy winning gets something out of it, but at the same time, it's like, well, everybody knows the Young Bucks are the better team. And so it's just like, well, then why didn't they win? Ah, you're I, you're sort of doing them a disservice by having them beat the Bucks because it's like everyone's wink, wink, nodge, nodge, elbowing each other. It's like, well, everybody knows the Young Bucks are better, though. It's like, well. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think with, um, gosh, who beat them in the tag team tournament? I'm trying to think of their names. Party. Uh, the private party right yeah. so i think with them it's like obvious like they're not i mean they're a good upcoming team but they're not the bucks but santana and ortiz are kind of considered the number two tag team you know outside basically they've been considered the number two tag team for like a few years now um in wrestling outside of the wwe and uh it's a, they're the most logical team to feed with the Bucks and get a winner over them honestly at this point because you know i mean they gotta lose right the bucks gotta lose from time to time or no they have to lose when they finally get a tag team over that's as over if not more over than the box you build them up mm-hmm. you have them beat all the other tag teams they have the match on pay-per-view and then they win as of right now there is no team that i think there is more over than the bucks but you know what if you go out there and have the lucha bros beat team after team after team after team finally you can do the match where they have they wrestle against the bucks and they beat them and then everyone's like yeah okay lucha bros are the best tag team in AEW. Mm, yeah you know and I, but you know one thing I, that i think that was a problem for this company that's just six months old now. Um, I mean, as, as far as the first show goes, is, you know, the Bucks, Omega, Cody, Jericho, I suppose. Um, these are like the top, top guys, and they're always going to be featured, and they're always going to be on top. That's kind of like the impression that going into the company, nobody had a problem with it because they're all great draws. Uh, that's kind of like what was going on the first few shows. It was like, oh, you know, this is like the impression that we're getting, and this is this is pretty much where it is. And all the other guys are kind of your, uh, you know, your beast plus players. They're they're you know they're not ready for prime time necessarily, and they're going to go under these top guys. And now it's not like that anymore. I mean, the elite uh, like they lost every match. So, um. Although I guess if you count Paige, then you know, yeah. like he was match. But the uh, Bucks, you know, lost Omega, lost. He's been losing a lot. He lost to Moxley as well, and Moxley did gain a lot out of that. Um, Cody lost. So now, at six months in, I feel like oh, now the company feels like a little less predictable, a little like more like you know, a new kind of establishment is being formed, and. I, I think that's a good thing, you know. I mean, I I think it's uh, feels like a more uh, organic product than just like, oh, these are you know these guys are the top guys. They're also the bookers, so they're always going over, yeah, 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 you know, or they're always going to be like the top top team, or you know, and like maybe they're not the top team. I mean, SCU they got a winner with Jericho this week, so yeah, but I mean, we we all know they're not the top team. I mean, they beat Lucha Bros and. Uh, yeah, um, private party. So, like, they're 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 on a winning streak. Is what's going on there? They are they are the top team. They are the champions. So not better than the Bucks. Though. These are <laughs> Let's agree to well, disagree. They're... Let's not make this entire podcast well, what we think of the AEW booking. Well, I mean, isn't that entirely what we're supposed to? Do? Well, we're not gonna. I don't want to waste all forty five minutes talking about 
the way the Bucks and Kenny Omega have been booked. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Well, then we should just jump into the Moxley and Omega match, though, right? We should talk about that. Oh, for something so polarizing, I think we were were both going to agree this match was great. Oh my god, it's so amazing! You're not even like a big hardcore guy, you know? Like you, um, you walked you 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 took a piss break or something with the first time we watched uh all out to watch the darby allen uh well, I, threat with Jimmy it's not the, it's because i had no expectations for that match i was like it's a bunch of three guys some of the guys i like like darby allen but the others i'm just like and eh, they're kind of goofs and it's a three-way i'm not a big fan of three ways and it's going to be hardcore and like i said i'm not the biggest fan but at the same time the, the names involved, I was like, okay, I can take a piss break during this. Right, right. But you can appreciate hardcore wrestling. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, to me, my, my criticism of the three-way wasn't it was hardcore. It was just, well, I don't care about these guys. Or I don't care about this match, necessarily. I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, that said, I yeah, I just thought that this was... That Kenny Omega showcase that, if people are being honest here, hasn't happened yet in AEW. This was it. He's, I mean, he doesn't go this hardcore, but, you know, it's like a 30, 40, it was a, about a 40 minute match. Um, just a full display of him doing exactly whatever the hell he wanted to do. And, and Moxley as well, I'm sure, had a lot of influence in this match, uh, putting together. But, uh, you know, Mega has these like, I, I kind of compare it to like Rob Van Dam back in ECW where he just pretty much, you give him 30, 40 minutes, he does whatever the fuck he wants to do and it's, everybody's just amazed and that's the match everybody talks about when they leave and he's just an artist in the ring. Um, and that, this was that feature match that he kind of needed to produce in AEW because we haven't seen that so much in the past six months and, um, Moxley as well, who I felt like really needed this win. Um, and now, hey, you know, like they've really turned that character around. I think he's a you know back where positioned back where he should be. Yeah. So it, it was it was a fantastic match. I really like this match. In fact, I think this it's this match is probably the most memorable match on the show. Memorable. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, the only thing I would take contention with is that I really like the Riho match. I really thought that was great. Yeah. Right. Like, um, you know, Rio's fantastic, and. uh you know, so is her trainer. I forget her. So, yeah. Anyway, the woman she wrestled. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, they, they're both very good, but when they get to work together because it's a student teacher, like, yeah, you know, I mean, you're going to have a great match. And some of those, um, near falls towards the end were fantastic. And just, yeah, I, uh, I thought that was the best look Rio's looked. Not surprising, but since she's wrestling her teacher, but, um, as best she's looked in the promotion, and I'm really happy uh, that they had that match. Yeah, on paper, you question, you know, what was the name of her teacher again? You, if, you, if you remember off the top of your head, you just I I just fucked that up. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> where were you? I just embarrassed both of us, and now you're embarrassing <laughs> us twice. Well, to be fair, it's not like they do a lot with her, so it's it could be uh, forgiven. <laughs> Well, true. I think I think it should be forgiven. I mean, the most notable thing about her is that she is a teacher of Riho that likes to cosplay like Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. when she comes to the ring. 
Um, and yeah, so, you know, that's the most noble thing that we've learned about her in AEW. So I, I, I do apologize for not. But like I said, you look, I, we looked at that match on paper and we were like, what the hell? They have so many other women that could be on this card. It's like, why do they feel the need to book this match? And then, you know, five, ten minutes into the match and our jaws are on the floor and it's like, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think Cody and the Jericho had a fantastic match. I don't know if this is better than his match with Dustin at, uh, you know, um, the Vegas pay-per-view, but uh, the, it, it was a fantastic match. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, uh, me, this might be the best wrestling match I might even put over the Rio match. Um, just everything going in, all the drama going in. You, I mean, I felt like that invested into a world title match in probably years, uh, several years, maybe since Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. <laughs> like, honestly, um, I usually don't care. I've checked out and, you know, I mean, mostly because I'm getting a WWE product, you know, and it's like, Oh, good. and even like the really good wrestling products out there, they don't really bring in the drama as much as they should for a big world title match. And this had everything going into it. Um, they've been building for weeks, making, uh, Dynamite, just a much see show uh, between Jericho and Cody's interactions, and uh, yeah, this you know thirty minute match. Cody loses when uh, MJF throws in the towel, and you know, like after the match, MJF like I thought Cody might push him, and, and then like you know, like I mean, MJF looked like upset, and he looked like he was apologetic. Yeah, I thought Cody was just gonna like maybe push him a little bit or whatever. There'd be some dissension amongst the ranks and this and that, you know, but like not, they weren't going to do a turn because the way MGF was acting, I did not expect a turn right there, which is so stupid because, Hey everyone, it's MGF. And he just threw in the towel on Cody Rhodes, but I did not expect it the way he was acting towards him physically. And then all of a sudden kicked to the ball. So <laughs> uh, it was a fantastic turn. Like w- one of the best turns I don't know. If they had MGF in the company longer in Cody's uh, corner, it would be like one of the best turns in wrestling history. As it was, it was a very good turn. And um, just a fantastic story there. Yeah, one, uh, of the, one of the reasons why I liked it, because I was like, this is kind of starting to feel like Cody's kind of an idiot if he doesn't see it coming. But the way it happened, it's like, well, you know, it was a surprise to everybody. We knew it was going to happen eventually. We didn't, I, I don't think, we, I expected it so soon, but even when it did happen right. that night, I didn't expect that it to happen the way it did and when it did. So, credit to having some, you know, some logic. It's like, if you're Cody, you kind of know the turn's coming, but you don't know when, but it's cool because the, the way it happened, it was like, okay, I, I could, I could believe in Cody didn't expect it to happen when it did. So yeah, I could yeah. I could justify and I I can give my you know stamp of approval I I, I liked overall like this angle. And where where were they this week? Charlotte, I think. Uh, uh, Nashville, just, like, MJF, Nashville. Okay, so they, MJF coming out to the ring had by far the most heat. Yeah. Like, oh my god, <laughs> that was like nuclear heat as he come. It was just walking to the ring and. uh yeah, it's, they got a lot. They MJF might be a big money player. I mean, I kind of thought of MJF as a guy that might be a big money player two years from now. 
Yeah, this might be the year that that all gets started. Honestly, you know, it might be within the next six months, a year. You know, he's he's there. He has all the right mannerisms. I mean, his ring works like so so, but like, yeah. hey, you know, like so is the rocks. You know, like his ring work with so so, and just personality is what does it. You know, so I uh, I like what's going on there with MJF. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, the rest of the pay-per-view was pretty great. Um, I dig that they're doing a Pac uh, page feud. I'm, I'm not, I might be in the minority in that, but their match, uh, you know, uh, Full Gear was great. Dynamite match was great. So, you know, one of trade wins. I don't know. Yeah, it's the, the matches are good. They're not great, but they're really good. And if, <laughs> and if it helps, and if, and if it helps, Get Paige to be a better worker. I'm all in favor for it. Cause like I said, oh, I, 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 I'm on the Paige train. I, I like him. I think he's good. I think his work is a little lackluster, but if he's going to be going there and working a program with, with Pac, it's like, well, you know, he's going to get better then. Oh, yeah. So overall, I see this uh, program as a good thing. So uh, let's talk a little bit about dynamite uh, last night. Scorpio Sky, that win, that pin on Jericho. Jericho being undefeated, being the world champion, teaming up with Sammy Guevara uh, against SCU for the tag titles. And Scorpio Sky not only kicked out of the Codebreaker, but also like just you know did a roll. Uh, was that like a roll up or whatever they I call think it was that? A small package. Uh, small package. Oh, you know, I should know that move because my favorite wrestler, Daniel Bryan. No one's got a smaller package than him. He's a master <laughs> of the small package. So, uh, yeah, the small package, Scorpio Sky, uh, getting a huge win. People have been talking about him for weeks, ever since he's kind of got national. Uh, that, like, oh, this guy's really athletic. He's got some charisma, you know, this and that. Um, and I've, of course, you know, a lot of us have known him a lot longer than that, this, but, uh, you know, I've known him about 20 years. So to be able to see him pin Jericho on such a large scale, um, that's just awesome. And I'm sure they're going to have some kind of world title match in the next month or two. Jericho will win. But it's helping Scorpio Sky. I mean, Scorpio Sky got way over last night. What did you think about that match? Uh, I thought it was a good match. Uh, This is going to be a great TV feud. Um, it's going to do wonders for Scorpio's career. And there's not really yeah. too many negatives behind this other than it's going to, it'll be a great, the only, the meanest thing I could say about this, it's going to be a great TV feud. Right, right. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And it's built up a bit, a lot better than that, like Darby Allen world title match with Jericho, where it's just like, oh, he beats Jimmy Havoc. It's like, who the fuck's doing Havoc? Yeah, so, <laughs> and I guess that's what I guess we should associate with, I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise, but we're not exactly creative in this. But uh, I guess Jimmy Havoc really is just like the bottom of the company, and we're just going to kick him in the ass every chance we get. Right? Assuming like, he's still with the company. I, oh, you, did you hear something? No, but I wouldn't be surprised in the coming days we hear something. Right. I mean, it would make sense, but I mean, nothing just yet. So he's, yeah. I'm counting, so, I'm counting down the days. Let's leave it at that. Probably by the next time we do a podcast. <laughs> we can have a celebration. So, yeah, Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Uh, 
Yeah, right. Um, yeah, the show that we they did a different format with Dynamite um, this week, where they had a bunch of like matches getting guys over, but also kind of like matches for the sake of matches. Glad to see Darby Allen because honestly, I was missing him at the full gear. Even though that was why was he on pay-per-view. the pay per view? All right, Darby like, Allen's great. I mean, I'm mad now. They're doing a few if. Uh, with Ty and uh, Janela. I mean, they're continuing that, as we saw on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't they just have that be the Darby Allen tie? I mean, I guess now they're going to have Darby Allen and John Moxley, but that's just a match for next week. I don't know if they're really going to go a full-blown feud between those two. I think that's another I Personally, right? though, if they did it at a pay-per-view, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. No, I'd be pretty cool with that. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, have Moxie go over and feel like, you know, even more of a badass and all the crazy shit that he does. So, um, but, uh, which we don't have a pay-per-view date for the next one. Cause it's like a quarterly pay-per-view system. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess probably February, March. Yeah. I'm not it the biggest kind- fan of these quarterly pay-per-views. I kind of wish we would get them a little bit more regularly. It would make the TV seem a lot more uh, important if we were constantly building to a pay-per-view. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm used to watching WWE television, but I feel like every other month would be, be like ideal, you know, especially yeah. since it's $50 of, you know, crack for each pay-per-view. That wouldn't hurt but- my feelings if they did it every other month, but this quarterly thing, it's like, I understand what they're doing. It's harkening back to an age, you know, back in the, what, the early, late, I would oh, say the 80s, late the 80s, early 90s, where they know. just had the four big pay-per-views, you know, WrestleMania, mm-hmm. Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. I understand that's what they're going for, and at the same time, they don't know what kind of buying audience they have with this AEW product, so they kind of want to play it safe, but really, for the future... I would not, it would not hurt my feelings. I would not, I, I would not mind shelling out the cash 50 bucks every other month. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. You know, I'm, but, it, but here's the thing that I, I definitely wouldn't want it more than every other month because I just feel like I do get with it, where they're going with this. And I do like the bill. I do like that the pay mean something. Mm hmm. Because God knows the WWE pay-per-views don't mean shit. But, uh, you know, it's because they do so much, you know. And, um, like, in general, every two months would feel fine. That feels like the right position, the comfort zone, if you will. Um, if they are going to do quarterly, which is fine, too, whatever. Um, I much Like, I prefer quarterly over monthly, honestly. Uh, I'll just say that right now. But if they are going to do quarterly, they should announce on the pay-per-view that they're currently doing in November, like, full year. <laughs> Like, hey, in February 27th or whatever, we're having our next pay-per-view. They should announce that on the Yeah, pay-per-view. you know what? You're right. You're 100% right. You already have a pay-per-view buying audience that has a track record of buying pay-per-views, watching your pay-per-view. You really should make the hard sell and be like, oh, we'll be on pay-per-view again in three months. AEW, I don't know, triple or nothing, whatever they decide to call the next pay-per-view. Uh, uh, triple cheeseburger. Yeah, tri- triple cheeseburger. Yeah, uh, extra mayo. <laughs> they can uh, when eight when uh, cheeseburger's contract comes up and in uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Tony Khan can make a big play for getting cheeseburger. There you go. I mean, if they can't get Marty <laughs> Scroll, then you know they can at least get cheeseburger. Juice and Thunder get. Liger's favorite wrestler, I might add. <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> 
I think he just literally likes cheeseburgers, and that just got confused with the wrestler cheeseburger. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> American um, but yeah, uh, no. The okay, so the first part, I had to say, the first hour of Dynamite felt like NXT to me because it was just like, I mean, there was a lot of storytelling, so maybe that's not really true because God knows there's not a lot. But just match wise, it was just like here's a here's a bunch of matches we're gonna throw out there. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty much NXT feels to me is like, hey, there's a bunch of matches we're gonna throw out here, and you're gonna like it because it's good wrestling, because you like wrestling, right? Like we all like wrestling, and that's like the most important thing. No, I hate but wrestling. Like, I, Dave, just for the record, I hate wrestling. Right, right, right. But it's just like <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just I don't know. I, maybe I should make the comparison, but it did not feel like a normal NXT or sorry AEW show. And then the second hour was like, oh, here's these two awesome matches and great stories. It was like, blow away AEW fucking hour, the second hour. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, you know, only they're able to produce on Wednesday nights. And, uh, yeah, that's, I, I like the new format, honestly. I don't think they should have um, a format, really. Like, they do... They have been doing the shows a certain way, having five matches and having, you know, lengthy times for each match. And a little bit of storytelling, obviously, um, in in you know storylines going on, um, but you know not maybe not as many wrestlers to be featured every week. And then this match, uh, sorry, this show had a lot of like matches on it and um, a lot of names on it being kind of like put out there. And then like you know with some big, big you know, pretty, but it still had some big main events and stuff. And so you know, I just you know, I, to me wrestling is so fucking formulaic. Um, so if they can just kind of switch it up every couple weeks from what their current formula is, I'm all for it. You know, mm-hmm. keeping fresh is like the name of the game wrestling. I think, you know, it's, uh, you know, ECW the way it was, um, it was not a perfect wrestling product uh, by any means mm-hmm. in the nineties, but people craved ECW because they were so fresh, you know, and this was it part it had to do with like, the way the wrestlers were and the storylines they were doing and this and that, but also had to do with the formula of the show and they kept it fresh versus everything else you saw out there. And AEW has that. They're not, you know, people talking to people online, like, you know, NXT apologists or whoever, you know, AEW doesn't have to be a better wrestling product than NXT. Honestly, it has to be a more fresh product than NXT. Mm-hmm. That's all it has to do. Really right now, all it has to do is just be AEW because, you know, they're winning and NXT is losing, but you know, at the end of the day, like their signature of their success is not that they're a perfect wrestling product. It's just they're they feel new, you know. Yeah, you, you, pre- you sort of casually brought it up, but really, you know, this week we're recording this November fourteenth, twenty nineteen, and the ratings just came out. And it, honestly, my buddy expected the NXT rating to be higher just because they had so much exposure on WWE main roster TV, you know. On, and it's just. You'd be kind of forgiven if if NXT did a, a better rating, and then the ratings come out, and it's just AEW just stomp them, and it's like yeah. I, I I'm curious at this point, like what do you do other than just bring in a bunch of you know stars? There's really nothing else you could do because you yeah, really can't, I- you really can't do a sustainable model where you're doing the big matches every week. It's like that's not really you can't do you can't do war games every week. You can't do a steel cage. You can't do a tile defense every week. It's like, what do you do to make the the product on the long term basis better? And my thing is, well, if you bring main roster stars every week, 
like you might be able to do something? So let me say something to that. Um, last week, you know, not, not this week, but last week, episode six, um, episode six of AEW, episode eight of NXT on USA. Um, they had AJ Styles and the OC come in. Now, AJ Styles has to be considered in the top of the past three years, like one of the top five WWE guys and probably in the top three for like the audience that AEW and NXT attracts. And they couldn't fucking uh, beat AEW in the ratings. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles couldn't beat fucking AEW. I will add the oh. qualifier. They did not advertise AJ Styles in the OC. Right. The only thing that they haven't done at this point. <laughs> the yeah. only thing. If they haven't advertised, hey, AJ Styles, or hey, Daniel Bryan's going to be on this week. Other than that, they brought in a WWE guy, you know, a pretty notable guy, somebody who uh, the NXT audience and AEW audience wants to see Finn Balor. They brought him down to NXT. They brought in AJ Styles and the OC. They did an opener of the show and they did a closer of the show. And they still lost. And when that happens, that's gonna be embarrassing, honestly, for the WWE. Yeah. Again, if you especially if you're talking to people that don't know a thing about wrestling and what we know and what our listeners know. If they don't know anything about wrestling, they just know NXT is a WWE product. Well, that WWE product can't do, they can't be AEW, this other wrestling product. You know, like to, to the, to the, um, unadoctorated, uh, NXT is a, the third brand of the WWE. Mm-hmm. And it's just like SmackDown or Raw, you know, and they're losing every week to AEW. And when you bring in somebody like AJ Styles, and you still lose, that looks even worse. Mm-hmm. In fact, and in, in, in when you talk about the hot, you know, they hot shotted things, they did this, they had war games, and blah, 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 blah. Well, their first episode was a hot shot. And and some people will argue with that, but come on, compared to all the first episode that they went to head to AEW versus all the other episodes, that one was a major hot shot. They had three title matches, world title match on first, Riddle and Cole. I mean, that was a major hot shot episode, and they lost that too. No, they did. So every, this, they like, did everything they could. They had the two week lead. They did the overrun, which you know AEW yeah. doesn't do. But that's an old gimmick that we used to do to sort of, you know, bolster the rating. And it's like they they pulled every rabbit out of the hat they had to try to stomp out, you know, to try to snuff out AEW early in the night or early in, in the competition. And it's just nothing they really have done has really, really worked. Or, or makes it, or again, like, you know, as you mentioned, put NXT in the context of the WWE storylines, make them like on par with the SmackDown and Raw wrestlers, giving the exposure, this and that from the other shows, which have been a regardless than both of these shows. And still, that doesn't work, you know? Um, they, at this point, maybe, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and be Eric Bischoff and say like they're never winning, but at this point, I think the WWE, who could easily have put their NXT show on USA to replace SmackDown on Tuesdays, I think them just going for it to compete or destroy AEW mm. on Wednesdays, that was a mistake. And they have to know internally this is a mistake. And every week they lose, it's it's honestly, it's it's embarrassing for them. Mm-hmm. It really is. Because, again, this is a national wrestling product, which AEW is, but it's only been around for six months. And they haven't lost anything 
head-to-head WWE. You know, their product has never lost head-to-head anything in t- about 20 years to, like, any wrestling product. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, it's just great to see, gotta say. Um, and I also, I'm not gonna... I'm not going to act like I know it all or anything like that because, you, you know, fuck that. But um, this week I also was concerned that, like, hey, you know, they only beat them last week by 9,000 viewers and they got all this exposure and they had two big matches. I mean, kind of big matches for NXT, the cruise or the 205 Live uh, Cruiserweight title match and uh, the really awesome ladder match between um, Io Shirai and Mayim. And, uh, they actually lost by an extra 200,000 uh, viewers, you know, 207,000 viewers. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're going to do pods. We're, I'll la- we'll continue to laugh about how w- NXT continues to lose. But, you know, at this point, I think we're a little bit moving on. You know, we don't have to worry about those guys anymore. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but um, that being said, uh, next week's Dynamite episode is going to have Moxley and Darby Allen. That looks freaking awesome. Uh, I think they're kind of bringing back the Battle Bowl ring. <laughs> oh, please no. I, mean, I don't. I don't know if they're trying to do that or if they're trying to do like some kind of version of the Bachelor because there's going to be twelve wrestlers uh, in AEW in a battle royal, and the last two guys um, are going to have a separate match. And then the winner of that match gets a diamond ring. (laughs) (laughs) And we're big AEW sick fans, but come on, that's fucking ridiculous. I know. (laughs) I only think it's cool if they get to have additional matches where they uh, fight for a ring, like the Battle Bull Ring. (laughs) EDP got that thing over for me in 96, honestly, I gotta tell you. Um, And I think there's another match, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it escapes my mind at this point. Um, I, I really am looking forward to seeing what the follow up again is with MJF and Cody and uh, Scorpio Sky and Jericho. Um, but you know, I, I want to talk about one more thing before we get into that. But you have any thoughts about next week? Uh, you know, I like I said, I don't know off. what they have planned for next week, so I can't really say. But if that's the if that's the tentative schedule, that's going to be a hell of a week. Yeah, you know, I mean, they give us a little something to look forward to every week, so I'm, I'm down. Yeah. You know? Um. Also, I just, just say good thing to see. You know, good to see Nyla Rose back in action. I, I'm not like a huge Nyla Rose fan, but it was super weird how she was on the first week in the world title match, and then she was gone for six weeks. So mm-hmm. now, now she's back, and so, so uh, you know, I think Rio really needs a great heel foil, and that could be Nyla Rose or it could be somebody else, but. Maybe you turn Brick Baker uh, heel for a while. I don't know. So that's now I'm just rambling, which is pretty much <laughs> what we do here. Uh, but yeah, so you know, as bad as NXT ratings problems are, and <laughs> and how embarrassing that is, um, there's a bigger embarrassment in the WWE, I think, and uh, really, oh, maybe it's, um, on Fox. I don't know, but uh, WWE backstage. Oh, so, I oh, I hear. I thought we were wrapping the show up. I was like, no, I feel like we crossed, we uh, checked all of our uh, our boxes no, here. No, yeah, yeah. By all means, <laughs> I got stuff to say. First of all, the first week that they had. Uh, first of all, I have to say, I'm a huge Renee Young fan. I think she does a great job, and also she's super gorgeous. So I want to have her babies, but uh, that's <laughs> you know. 
Moxley and her. Uh, she got they got forty nine thousand viewers their first week, which was last week. Forty nine thousand. Yeah. Um, I did the recap show, but forty nine thousand. That's like probably less than the viewers of Impact and you know Impact, right? Yeah. So, um, so like you know that AW almost gets twenty times. The ratings of that in NXT too, you know, for their credit. I mean, I think it actually probably averages out to about 15 times the audience that they have, but, mm-hmm. uh, for each show, but, uh, yeah, oh, that's, uh, and, uh, then this week, yeah, CM Punk coming on the show and, uh, six years of being out of the wrestling business, mm-hmm. building up to coming out to an empty studio. And pretty much almost fucking up your promo, by the way. I don't know if you saw it or not. Yeah, I saw it. Um, there was a hesitation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like he lost so much marketability in this one moment. He has so much going for him. It's just like WWE rebel, this anti WWE guy, as well as just this guy that we haven't seen in six fucking years. He was one of the top wrestlers in the WWE at the time when he left for many years. He was kind of like the internet's favorite and most, I mean, he was kind of like the male fan's favorite. And, you know, he was a, he was a big star, I swear. He was a really big star. Um, <laughs> I swear, now, he says. It's a real thing. He was a real thing. Um, but now, I just, I mean, this has been building up for weeks. We heard of him doing the audition. For some reason, he didn't get the job over Booker T, or I'm not sure quite how that worked out. That's kind of how it sounded. Well, I'm, then, I'm sure, I'm sure Punk didn't come cheap. I'm sure Booker T pretty much right. leaped at the at the gig because what, what else does he have going for him? His podcast, occasionally doing a pre-show for WWE. He doesn't have much going on. Whereas Punk, I imagine, probably didn't come cheap. Right. Well, yeah, that is true. And I will preface all this bad stuff I'm about to say about Punk. By saying that if I had the opportunity to get a pile of money and hang out with Renee Young every week, yeah, I'd be taking that opportunity. Um, I'm sure he's getting a lot of money. I don't think he sees Renee Young quite the way I do, but well, he's um, married. You know, punk, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, I mean, you know, I hope, he's not, I hope he's a married man. <laughs> she's not too shabby. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, this guy, you, you know, you can listen to... I mean, everybody's heard the pod that he did on the WWE on how shitty they treated him. Almost died in the ring, in his own words. You know, uh, because of a staff invention that wasn't treated. There's a big lawsuit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got released, he got fired on his wedding day to AJ Lee. Yeah. Because they knew, but through AJ, because he needed the time off. They're like, oh, we can fire... They, they need the time off for the wedding. That's the day we'll just send him... Is blocking papers. Um, yeah. And the guy's like, I'm never going back. I'm never, I got $10 million in the bank. They specifically said, yeah, I got $10 million in the bank. Well, that lawsuit didn't help. Yeah. Maybe. I guess, I mean, God, that'd be the only thing I could think of that would really make him so desperate for fucking money, honestly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's been reports that, like, oh, he didn't, I mean, AEW gave him a big deal, uh, uh, he says they didn't give him a big deal. You know, they didn't offer him a big deal. Other people say, yes, they fucking did. So, and honestly, logically, it makes more sense that yes, they fucking did. 
Well, but, but, but the thing I, is, the, the thing is, if you're if you're AEW, how much are you willing to pay Punk to be a talking head? Right. That's that's the thing. It's like, okay, Punk made it clear he doesn't want to wrestle again. So then, right. if you're Tony Khan, you're running the books for AEW. Like, how much value do you really see in CM Punk as an announcer, as a color commentator? So you really have to weigh the benefits. And if you're Tony Khan, it's like, well, we already have JR and Tony Schiavone and Excalibur. I mean, it'd be nice, but we know Punk's also not going to come cheap. So. Right. Well, I think that, yeah, Fox, which is a Fox, it is a Fox deal, no WWE deal, whatever. It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> it is Fox money. Um, it, it's probably a really good deal. Mm. I think that honestly, initially, they were not going to bring in because again, they could have a book of chi and maybe WWE vetoed it or I don't know. But they were just like, and Punk's like a ton of money. They're like, we can do without him. Then they saw the first week ratings and they're like, oh no, we cannot fucking well, do it's, 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 <laughs> it's also, it's like, this is, this is a Fox hiring, not a WWE hiring. So, you know, who's WWE to tell Fox who they can hire and who they can't? And obviously, they got the thumbs up from WWE. But yes, at the same time, like who who's WWE in the in compared to Fox? It's like really you're gonna sit there and uh, tell your uh, parent company or tell this uh, big broadcaster who you're not exactly knocking them dead with the ratings every week on SmackDown yeah. or Fox. <laughs> oh, but uh, you can't hire this guy because we he, he we're still butthurt. It's like mm, they kind of have to cave in, especially after that that really 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 weak anemic rating. I th- I think that's probably what what was holding up the punk thing. They're like, well, let's see how this show does on Fox Sports One, and if it really bombs, then yeah, we'll pull the trigger on the punk thing, and we'll see how the rating does after that. Yeah, probably maybe it's probably one of those things because again, it, it's probably more of a financial thing. Yeah, where it's like, oh, well, we were gonna have to spend a lot of fucking money for him. Let's see if we don't even need his ass. Oh, we do. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, Gosh, yeah, just. Uh, it's also ah, Fox. It's Fox Sports One. I don't, you know, they they don't they're not exactly known for high ratings, mm-hmm. and I don't know how out of the out of the ordinary a rating like that is on Fox Sports One. Mm-hmm. So it could well, it could be. I don't think the show's going anywhere. Let's leave it at that. No matter how low the ratings go. I think with the the model of uh, Fox Sports One, I just I I don't see that happening. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Sorry, just had a weird text. Uh, yeah, okay. So, um, here's my thing. Punk instantly, if he ever wanted to go back into a ring, he's worth so much less now. Yeah, but the thing is, I I. I agree I would not be doing this if my plan was to ultimately get back in the ring. I would do this if my plan was my resting days are over. I have no inclination of ever getting back in the ring. If I can get paid to just be a talking head and rip the WWE product. And also get paid to be on WWE television while not being an employee. That's even better. It's, It's... Yeah... Now, with that said, people have noted, people have acknowledged, it's like, well, there's always Saudi Arabia, and the money they pay is just astronomical. So, I, you know, there, there could be the, well, Punk is not going to be a regular on the roster or even get a Brock Lesnar deal, but if uh, they offer him some of that Saudi money, let's see if uh, he caves or not. 
I might be incorrect on this, but I did hear that Starcast when he was, uh, you know, part of the um, the weekend uh, back in the, uh, Chicago mm. a few months ago. Uh, that Starcast in Chicago. Uh, that somebody asked him if he would ever do a Saudi Arabia show, okay. and he said no. Ah, uh, okay. And, and here's the thing: you, a lot of people brought up your point, not like, oh, if you go to Saudi and you make like ten million dollars in the match, oh yeah, you know. Um, he said he's not going to do those shows. He wouldn't go to Saudi Arabia, period, for any kind of thing like that. Um, but we can't trust him anymore as a wrestling fan because he said he's never come back to WWE. So, like, his word, he used to be one of the most authentic talkers in wrestling. Like, you would believe every word he said. He had that kind of grasp. And, I mean, it's a ridiculous level, honestly. But that's, he had, a, he was, he was authentic. And now he's lost all that credibility. I, I still come some Holy slack because it's, it's, he's not being, he's, he didn't go back to WWE. Like, he's not an employee of WWE. This is all a Fox deal. So. What's the show called? Doesn't matter. It's a Fox show. He's not a <laughs> WWE employee. All right. He does have, you know, journalistic freedom to rip on the product if he wants to. He's not going to be Renee and Booker putting over the product if, you know, if it's a stinker angle, he has in his contract the freedom to rip on a certain angle if he wants to or not. Oh, I would like to see that. Actually, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, that was one of the things he said. He's like, "Well, I'm only going to sign the deal if I can, you know, have some journalistic integrity and rip on the product if I want." Mm-hmm. And it sort of goes with the CM Punk character. You know, when do we often hear the CM Punk chants? When it's a stupid angle, when it's something stupid that nobody likes. And it's like, okay, I could justify that. I mean, if this is the real CM Punk, the Philip Brooks that like left the company five and a half years ago, if that guy's coming in with that kind of um, contract where he can just kind of say whatever he wants about whatever aspects of the product, then he's going to be shitting on or everything. And that's fucking awesome. So, <laughs> I'm going to probably listen to like how the first show goes. But if he's like that on the show, I'm fucking there. Like, I'll agree with you. If he goes out there and he, he puts over the product, is like, oh, and it's a really stinker of an angle. It's like, okay, then, yeah, I'll be right there with you. He's a sellout. You know, he, he, he turned back. He went back on his word. But really, this is kind of like the best of both worlds. It's like he's on WWE television, but at the same time, he's not a WWE employee. And he's on their TV burying their product it's like okay that's i can kind of see the angle of that and that's you know i guess i can see how that's sort of getting back at WWE because i'm sure they're not thrilled that he's on their television and that right, he, right. he went around WWE and he got hired through fox i'm sure that was part of his his mentality of sort of coming back is like well look i don't mind being on WWE tv but i don't want to have to deal with vince and hunter and be a WWE employee and have to you know go with the company marching orders. It's like, no, I, I'm purposely going to go around WWE. I'm going to go with Fox because WWE isn't exactly going to tell Fox what to do, especially now where they're not. They don't have a ton of leverage over Fox anymore. So no. I guess it's one of these things where it's a, it's a, you know, wait and see kind of thing. I, I, yeah. I see where you're coming from though. And I, I, I could see the skepticism. It's like, okay, yeah. Now he says he's going to be, he's going to bury the product. But if, Week after week, he's putting over bad angles. It's like, okay, 
he is full of it. But at the same time, if they just use him in the capacity of, you know, it's a, it's uh Brian, Daniel Bryan versus uh, Adam Cole. It's like, well, you know, he's not going to bury that because that's great. Right. So we'll have to. It's it's a it's a wait and see kind of thing. If the WWE product was all Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole, I would probably still be watching the WWE product. Honestly. Yeah, but the thing is, he I don't know if he's going to be there every week. I heard he's not going to be there every week, so I wonder if it's like... Vince still has the final say of what's featured on the show. I'm sure they don't have creative control over Punk. But if they know Punk's going to bury an angle, they should be like, oh, well, we're not going to use Punk this week. Or they won't use that spot, because I don't think... I don't know if it's a live show or not. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know what they do on that show. I think they all stand around. And, but I 100% understand where you're coming from. I understand your skepticism. You know, this idea he's, 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 he's still, he's working for WWE even though he's not an employee. I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. And I understand why you're skeptic, skeptic and you feel like regardless if he, if he buries the product or not, he's gone back on his word saying he would never go back to that company. I, I sort of see where you're coming from. He, he sort of, he sort of, uh, blew off AEW. But at the same time, if he had no desire to ever get back in the ring, it's like, well, are you going to pay all that money just for a talking head? You know, it'd be great for, it'd be great for, you know, your first night on uh, TNT to see CM Punk there. But when you realize he's not wrestling, it's like, well, how much money are you really going to shovel towards that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe ultimately that's what's coming down here because it just seems like such a, if you have any respect for CM Punk, which I did. And I think I'm pretty much lost it all now, to be honest. So, you know, it's what it is. If you had any respect for CM Punk and you saw him as authentic at all, the thing that was kind of missing here is maybe he just truly does not want to get back in the ring ever again. So he's like, you know, I'm, I will be an announcer. That's what I will do. And he shopped that around, got a much better deal with Fox than he did with AEW, and that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Because this, this seems so out of character for him to do this. If well, you think he's at like all, you mentioned earlier, hurt. this doesn't do anything for his his price or his you know um, his popularity. If if this is his big return, it's yeah, yeah. this really does it's look like really bad. Weird. If his future plan is to get back in the ring, then yeah, this looks really bad. This is a giant train wreck. But if he has no yeah. desire to get back in the ring, this really is the best deal he can get. Right, in long term, it's going to look like a but lot that, better on paper than it is now. So. Yeah, but at the same time, you could argue it's like, well, if he really hates WD, he probably still shouldn't have taken the gig. Cause yeah, he, some people would say that, and honestly, I don't know. Like know? I said, he's getting he's getting a check from Fox, but you could still make the right. the argument, the semantics. It's like, well, but he's on WWE TV, and I I I kind of see where a lot of people are coming from. And like I said, I, I I see both sides. I'm of the opinion that well, he's a Fox employee, and it's just a talking head show, and he's not wrestling, and it's a well, great deal for Punk. But if uh, if if for people who's saying he's a he's a he's a hypocrite, I see. I don't agree, but I see where you guys are coming from. I'm mostly in that camp, but I will say one thing: if he truly believes in his heart of hearts and his mind of minds that he's never going to go back in the ring, then long term, this might be the right choice for him. Yeah, I don't know what kind of deal AEW was throwing at him first, you know, all that, and really, you know, the appeal of having Punk in AEW or somewhere else like New Japan or Ring of Honor would to be see him in the ring as as announcers, you know, so so, mm-hmm. really best spot for him, you know, all politics being the same, would be a, a cushy gig on Fox. So, you know, maybe that's what's going on here. Um, 
but you know, I do think it also puts him in an un- a, a difficult position. Um, say next week, right, or future weeks, um, because you know they got forty nine thousand viewers the first week. The second week, they've had about a hundred thousand. So if it just goes up to like, I don't know, like one hundred forty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand viewers next week, that's going to make him look even less marketable. Um, he's kind of in a shitty position on, on just that alone. It's yeah. like he's the very bottom. They can only go up, I guess, but will they? You know, if they don't go up in the ratings from him being on the television show, at least in the, especially in the long term, like it's not going to make him look very good. It's going to look like people really give a shit about him. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> and, um, you know, also the funny thing is, is, you know, at the end of the day, that show has like, if we're going to base it off of this week's 100,000 views, uh, it has an eighth, a ninth of the audience of AEW. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see how much, if, if Punk could carry that show and how much he really is worth in 2019. So, um, but that was way off topic somewhat. So, you know, we're going to uh, return in a few weeks after a few more episodes of Dynamite. And uh, give you some more all the uh, retrospectives. Uh, say goodnight, Tony. Goodnight, Tony.